This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Today, we're going to continue in our series about honesty and integrity. And the person I want to talk about today as an example is Achan, or if you're more of a Hebrew scholar, Achan might be how you might pronounce it, but Achan for most of us is fine. He was the son of a man named Carmi, and he was from the tribe of Judah. And when the Israelites were traveling through the wilderness, And they had come to Jericho and they had to engage in a battle, if you will, at Jericho. This was the famous story where they marched around the city, you know, for the seven days. And when they blew the trumpets, then the walls of the city fell down and God gave them victory over the city of Jericho. Now, God had some very specific instructions that he gave the Jews at that time about this particular battle and what they were to do with the spoils from the battle. And in particular, he talked about the silver, the gold, the bronze, and the iron. He said all of those substances were to be consecrated to the Lord and that they would go into his treasury. So no one was supposed to take these items. And in fact, they were referred to as the accursed things, because if you took them, then you would be, in essence, accursed because they belonged to God and God had already laid claim on the silver, the gold, the bronze and the iron. And pretty much everything else in Jericho was to be destroyed except for Rahab the harlot and her family, because she had been shown kindness to the spies of God who came in uh, to the city in advance. Unbeknownst to anyone else, Achan managed to take some of the accursed things, but nobody knew that he had them. So the next time that Israel was supposed to go up for a battle against a small town, Ai, as it was called, they figured we don't even need a whole lot of men to go up to Ai and fight them. So if they just were going to take a small subset of their army and send them to defeat this group of people who seem like they were small in number, not too mighty, and so on. However, when they got up there to AI, they were defeated, and they were not able to stand before their enemies. And so they were very concerned about this, and Joshua was wondering, well, what's going on? Why is this happening to us? What's the problem? And God, surely you haven't brought us this far to leave us. And of course, that wasn't the case. And so God informed him that there was sin in the camp, that someone had disobeyed the command that he had earlier given. And so they took lots to figure out where the problem person was. So even after all of this, perhaps it wasn't announced. I don't know. Achan didn't come forward. But the lot fell to the family in the house of Judah and then went down specifically to his household and then specifically to his tent. When they went in to find out what was going on 
And Joshua, the sixth and seventh chapter, kind of records all of this story. And so Joshua said to Achan, and this would be in the seventh chapter of Joshua, verse 19. Now Joshua said to Achan, my son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And so at that point, that's when Achan answered Joshua and said, indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them, and there they are hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. So not only did he have some silver and he had some gold, he also had a garment in there as well. And he had buried them under the dirt in his tent. And we'll hear a little bit more about what happened to him. Here's what I want you to keep in mind and to remember. Think back to the motivation. God gave very clear instruction about not taking any of these things. And he also acknowledged the things that belonged only to God. And yet, here we have Achan, who was wanting something that didn't belong to him. So this is the first heart problem, the first motivation problem. He wanted something that didn't belong to him. And worse, that which he wanted was what belonged to God. So he failed to acknowledge God by consecrating to God the things that belonged to God. So he didn't give to God what belonged to God. And he kept those things for himself, which in essence, can you imagine stealing from God? That's pretty severe. And in essence, that's what Achan was doing. He was stealing from God. And that really leads to a third heart point, which is this. He was discontent with what God had already provided. Now, he wasn't starving. He was not in lack of want or need or any such thing. God had already made provision for him as well as all the other people in the nation. So he was discontent with God's provision. He took what only belonged to God, failing to acknowledge God's holiness in that sense. And then thirdly, he just wanted what didn't belong to him, what was not rightfully his. So we have to remember a few things. We get tempted to be dishonest. We get tempted to be outside of integrity because of those kind of desires that may rage inside of us. Secondly, he forgot the person of God and the power of God, meaning he's operating as though he's dealing with a human person. In reality, God is sovereign over all, and he sees all. When you're dealing with God, there is no place that you can hide. Psalm 139 talks about, you know, where can I go from your spirit, God? If I go here, if I go there, you're there. Even down to the depths of Sheol, into the hell of the earth and the grave, there you are. There's no place 
we can go outside of the view and the presence of God. So there's no place to hide. You might hide from people. Joshua didn't know that he had these things buried in his tent, but God knew he had these things buried in his tent. He knew exactly what he had done with them, where they were hidden, when he stole them, and what he stole. God knew it all. So you may be able to keep things from people, but you aren't going to keep things from God. So he had forgotten all of that. There's no place to hide. Man may not see you, but God sees you. Now, he also hadn't thought through the fact that his behavior was going to impact so many more people. In other words, his dishonesty and his lack of integrity didn't just impact him, it impacted others. So we have the whole nation of Israel is impacted because they lost this battle up in Ai. And there were some men who lost their lives in the battle. They were killed in the skirmish with Ai because of Achan taking the accursed things. In addition, when the punishment fell to him, after it was discovered what he had done, they took him out to the Valley of Achor, as it's called, and they stoned him and burned him and everything he had, including his sons and daughters. So his whole family, his animals, everything suffered because of his lack of integrity and his dishonesty. So we see there's a wake of death and destruction that come when we touch the accursed things. And this is certainly what happened with Achan. Now, I would also say that behind all of this, I would say there was a crisis of faith. So we've got the lust of his heart, as we mentioned before, the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh. Oh, I'd like to see myself in that Babylonian outfit. Oh, one day I might be able to turn this gold into something more valuable that I might want. So he had all of that going on. At the same time, there was a crisis of faith. We have to remember, God is our provider. God is Jehovah Jireh. Well, he must not have been seeing God as the provider, as Jehovah Jireh. Nothing that we need will be withheld from us because God will provide in his own time and his own way. And he wants us to rely on him daily for that provision. So even when the Israelites had to collect manna every day and go out for their daily food, because God would rain down the manna from heaven, the angel's food, if you will, they couldn't gather manna for today and the next day. They had to gather the manna they needed for that day. And if they held it over to the next day, except for gathering double because of the Sabbath, except for that was the only exception, if they decided to gather some for Tuesday and Wednesday, the extra that I gathered, not trusting God to provide the next day, would turn to worms. And so it would be no good. It would be ruined. So God calls us to really see him and know him as Jehovah God, Jehovah Jireh, the provider. And also in a New Testament context, in the prayer, the disciples' prayer, or that Jesus taught his disciples, in it, it says, give us this day our daily bread. 
So again, give us this day our daily bread. Collect the manna for this day. So there are all kinds of warnings that Achan could have paid attention to that might have helped him not to go so far down this path. First of all, when you're thinking about doing something that might not be an honest activity or not in integrity, the thing you're thinking of doing, number one, does it go against what God has already said? If so, that's a huge warning. And clearly, God was very clear that everything in Jericho was to be destroyed except for these items, which would go into his treasury. Secondly, if whatever you're doing, you can't do it openly, you have to hide your actions. That's a warning. If I've got to hide, I'm probably doing something that's not right and that's probably not in integrity. Another warning is, am I focused more on myself and what I want as opposed to also focusing on others and the impact on them? When we get self-focused, that's when we make mistakes and we do the wrong thing and we go with the flesh, we go with the lust of the eye and all of those things we said before. And what we have to remember is that what's done in the dark as God says, comes out in the light. So though he did not step forward, the lot fell to the tribe of Judah, the lot fell to his household and family, his tent. And even if he hadn't shown them where he had hidden the items, they would have discovered it because God would have revealed it to them. So when we think about a work application, And you may be an executive in a company and in an organization. And in our time today, we hear so much in the news. Some executive has embezzled money from the company. And they're thinking about their own selfish ambition in doing so and not thinking about a lot of other impacts. For example, the company reputation is going to be tarnished if you have the corporate executives embezzling money, the investors, the shareholders are going to be negatively impacted because of this impropriety. If you were collecting funds, let's say for retirement for people, now the retirees don't have funds to retire with. So you are affecting all of their lives and livelihood. Your family, because of what's happened, you might go to jail losing your freedom if you engage in something like that. Your family could lose your retirement pay from your job, their future provision, and clearly their reputation from something like this, and not to mention all the money you're going to spend in attorney's fees trying to defend yourself against this behavior. And that's just scratching the surface. There's so much more in terms of loss that happens in cases like this. But the point is, it's never worth it. The cost you pay is far worse than any benefit that you might have gained from it. So when we think about the life of Achan, we want to just remember that God is our provider and we have everything that we need from him. We don't need to violate his word to go get things that are not ours, that don't belong to us, 
and that involve us disenfranchising someone else and endangering their lives. So keep in mind, if you have to hide it, it's probably not a good idea. And if you want what doesn't belong to you, that sin of covetousness, that'll get you in trouble. So I want to close today's session with a reading from Philippians, the second chapter, and we will read verse three and four. And it says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.